Today is our fourth Sunday of Advent, and we have less than a week to Christmas Day. And I know some of you still have last-minute things to do, maybe buy a gift or two, a present for someone. Others plan some vacations. But as all of us come close to Christmas, we all prepare ourselves in different ways. Today we had a whole day of reconciliation. We are coming in, part of our preparation for the coming of Christ's birth. Today we read from the, from the prophet Micah, one of my favorite prophets. And to give you the background of Micah before come the reading, so Micah lived between 737 to 696. And he came on the scene, as you can see, other prophets that preceded him, Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, with a theme. So the first chapter, of, the first two, three chapters, chapter one, two, and three, they are all a cause of doom. He is saying doom to the leadership of the people. This was particularly the political leaders and more the religious leaders. Because we know that the temple was the center of people's lives. But there was a lot of corruption in leadership. And because of this, when he came on scene, there were the oracles of doom. There was a time whereby, which is surprising that the priests didn't care about people. All they cared about was their own benefit. Actually, there was a time when, when the priest even enjoyed people to sin. Because the more they sinned, the more they brought the sacrifices. So they enjoyed people to sin. And because of this, God saw all what was going on. And then blow these oracles of doom to these shepherds that have destroyed my people. That message is, always comes up constantly in all the prophets. What is going on? Most of us know what, what is called the shepherd's crook. The shepherd's crook, what, do we use, what is useful? All of us know what is useful, but when I asked the, uh, the kids in school what's used for, they told me, oh, it's used to beat up the bad sheep. I said, no, that's not the use of the crook. So back in the day, the crook was used that the shepherd used to shepherd the sheep, and if a sheep fell into the ditch, he used the crook to pull it out. So it was the work of the shepherd to care, to heal, to treat. But there was a time when the shepherds didn't even know the names of the sheep, whom they shepherded. They're enjoying them to sin, they don't know their names, and God was getting fed up. That's why I say the first three chapters, they're all a cause of doom to the priests and the leaders. Then in chapter four, there's a transition. The oracles of restoration. Micah says, God is going to restore Judah to a godly state. Now in chapter three, where we are today, we hear these oracles of a someone who's going to come from Bethlehem, Ephrata. Actually, Micah is the only prophet who tells us the exact birthplace of Christ. Other tell us will come from David, but he tells us the exact birthplace. And when he mentions that, he says this ruler who is going to come is going to lead God's people in the way God wants them to be led. And that's why he say he will be called peace. So the message of restoration comes in very strongly now. 
Most of us know chapter 6, verse 8, Micah says three things are expected from us. What is that? To do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly with God. Three things. That's why he says when the Messiah comes, when this promised ruler comes from the line of David, he's going to restore these things. But once we listen to him, we're going to be able to restore the kingdom that God wanted us to live in. And that's the kingdom of love. So Micah is really rooted into the social, the social justice of the Jewish tradition. Because there was a lot of corruption. The poor people were, be, were being cared, not cared for. The rich became rich and powerful. And the poor and the widows were all neglected. So his message is really in social, social justice. God promising that well the leaders I have, they have failed me. I'll bring out a Lula who will come to the line of David. That's why today now we see after the Annunciation, which we all know about the sins, today we hear the story of Mary. Mary received the, the good news. What, what, what happens? She gets very fast and goes to visit Elizabeth. There is a saying that he or she who is on fire cannot sit on a chair. You just have to get up and run. That's what, what else Mary does. She goes and visits Elizabeth. And we know exactly what follows. Immediately after greeting Elizabeth, something happened. What happened? John the Baptist is graced. And Elizabeth begins to be filled with the Holy Spirit and blesses Mary. Now that brings us to something I'm going to ask you all of us to do. What are you going to do during this Christmas? One of the most important Christmas traditions and practices is to visit others. And once we visit others, it's not just a visit, say, let's have a beer. Okay, that's a good thing. Let's have a drink, that's a good thing. Let's have tea, it's a good thing. But how is your visiting God giving? How do you speak blessings to the person you're visiting? Because what we see, these two women, mothers-to-be, they bless each other. Mary blesses Elizabeth, Elizabeth blesses Mary. And in the end, we see carries the God's presence among them. So Mary brings God's presence to Elizabeth. And in turn, Elizabeth blesses Mary. So blessed are you who believed. How do we visit? Who am I going to visit this time? Ask yourself, who needs your visit during this time of Christmas? Who needs your visit? And why do you need to visit this person? It's going to be a time of celebration with so many families, which is very good. But also, I remind you, it's a time of sadness to so many people. Because so many people have lost their loved ones. They are so lonely. And this time, it's not the most wonderful time of the year for them. So that's why God is challenging us today with his reading. says, who are you going to visit? Whom are you going to bring to me? And who needs a visit? When we think about these things, it's not just about think about them. Say, God wants us because God is already within us, in our midst. So can we be aware to bring God to others where God needs to be? Who is this person who needs God? Where is God sending you? We say, here I am to do your will. Are we ready to do God's will this Christmas season? 
So let's make this Christmas a time not only just to celebrate, to bring joy to someone who needs joy in their lives. Where is God sending you? So visitation to some of our people we haven't seen in a long time, those we don't want to visit even, not, even exactly, is a time to look in our hearts and see, to make it our Christmas tradition to visit. Who are you going to visit? Who needs your visitation? Once you answer those questions, be aware that God wants to take God to those people. And in the end, you bless them with your presence, but also you bless them because you bring Christ to them. They see Christ in you, in their conversation. Let us ask God today that as we come to the end of our Advent season, let us finalize our preparations, but above all, let's open up our hearts to receive Christ who is going to be born, and so, once he's born in our lives, we may be able to take him into our world, make our world a better place. The Lord be with you.